Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Um, My dad came into my hospital room and leaned over my bed and said, you know, JT, I'm sorry you're going through this. And I looked to him and I said, Dad, you know, it's okay. There's no bad days. There's only hard days and we get through them. And so from that point on and, and throughout this journey is it's been about how you know every day is a blessing to wake up and be able to uh, put our best foot forward. And today's guest knows all about that. By the time he was just three years old, JT Jester had spent 250 days in hospital. And by the time he was 16 years old, he had endured 16 major surgeries. We're joined today by JT Jester. He has a goal to bring positivity and hope to those who need it. He's recently released a new book titled No Bad Days, and we're going to hear all about that and why he's decided to pass along this joy and hope to others. We're joined today by JT Jester. He is an author as well as a young entrepreneur and an inspirational speaker. You have an absolutely amazing story, and it starts off basically when you were a child. Tell us a little bit about how life started for you. Yeah, so my life uh, started out uh, with a journey, as we all have a story to share of our own journeys. But um, I just got done finishing up and, and, and publishing a new book called No Bad Days, How to Find Joy in Any Circumstance. And the way the title came about of No Bad Days is uh, from those days that early on of me being in the hospital, uh, my dad came into my hospital room and leaned over my bed and said, you know, JT, I'm sorry you're going through this. And I looked to him and I said, dad, you know, it's okay. There's no bad days. There's only hard days and we get through them. And so from that point on and and throughout this journey is it's been about how, you know, every day is a blessing to wake up and be able to uh, put our best foot forward. And, and so early on my life uh, sort of turned from, um, emergency from thinking I was a healthy baby to, uh, to when I was born, um, realizing that I had medical complications that needed to be taken care of. So I was born with something called vectoral syndrome. Vectoral syndrome is a birth defect that affects your GI system. Um, it can affect your spinal cord, your heart, your, uh, kidneys, um, and other aspects, limb deformities and things like that. And for myself, I've been very blessed with just a few of these aspects of it. And those being the GI system uh, is one of them. And so the GI system for me, I have no motility from my esophagus from the top all the way down to the bottom. And it doesn't work uh, the way a normal one would work. I had what they call tracheoesophageal fistulas that are endless pathways that basically don't connect to the stomach and those are in your trachea. And so those things had to be repaired right away. And I had a colostomy bag for the first few years of my life. Um, and, uh, and that was uh, because I was born with something called uh, with, with the imperforated anus aspect of the vectoral syndrome. And so as life went on, um, it was a journey and I am so blessed to have the parents and the doctors that I've had throughout my journey in my life so far. And those, uh, first years were a lot of medical surgeries. Um, I've had about 16 operations from the GI system 
all the way to uh, tethered spinal cord, um, which is the uh, one of the other attributes of vectoral syndrome. And so uh, tethered spinal cord is where your spinal cord actually attaches to your sacrum nerves. And so as you're growing, it's pulling on those nerves. And uh, with that, it's causing different pain, discomfort, and other things that can, you know, be life-threatening. So um, we had a tethered spinal cord repair. And, uh, and from there, we had, I had to have it again in high school. And, uh, and actually, I'm re-tethered right now. But um, fortunately, since I'm not growing, there's no, no need to uh, go in there unless other complications arise. But yeah, so I, my medical journey has been one aspect and then the education piece, um, I've had severe dyslexia and has been a, a, a fun journey with that too. And, and I've made, you know, great success with that. So I'm very blessed. How in the world <laughs> do you go through all of that? And you look at your dad one day and say, there are no <laughs> bad days. Like that's an amazing outlook to me. <laughs> I think that's the good Lord talking through, uh, <laughs> through me. And it's true. He's, I've been blessed with a, an attitude. Um, I think that his, just really propelled me through some of these things, but there's always those hard days too. And, uh, and that's why, you know, my, my main thing of this is, you know, we're all going to have, you know, hard days, but there are no bad days because we are blessed. What, what was it like for you? Like overcoming things like dyslexia then, and then you end up writing a book that (laughs) must've been like, it sounds amazing, but that must've taken a lot of work to overcome and, and deal with. Yeah. So the medical, you know, took precedence over everything going on in our lives. And, um, and that was a main focus and, you know, missing several, you know, one point I spent up to 200 some days in the hospital and, you know, missing a lot of school. And so the education, we thought, you know, teachers and things, they thought, you know, his medical stuff has interfered, you know, he'll get up to speed. Well, as time went on, I got to fifth grade and I was, you know, I I don't even think I was at a first grade reading level. Um, And it was very severe and, and, and a a thing that we've realized, you know, we had tried many different reading programs that they just did not work. And so um, we have a a thing called an IEP and the IEP is something that um, students that struggle in areas uh, have different accommodations and so my accommodations were amazing, very helpful, but the school I was at at the time did not think that um, I was, uh, you know, qualified to be there. And so they had been going through uh, different meetings with my parents. And then at one point, the headmaster of the school came to me as a fifth grader at the end of the day and said, JT, you know, I have to tell you that you're not going to be able to come back to the school next year um, because you're not able to keep up with the other kids. So as a fifth grader, I was very emotional. I ran home. Um, home happened to be right next door to the school. So I walked every day, but I ran home and I remember going into our kitchen and laying on the floor and crying and hitting the floor and telling my mom, you know, all I want to be able to do is read and write like every other kid in my grade. And, uh, and that was, you know, a huge moment. First off, what, what he had said, and then me coming home and and telling my mom this, and my mom realized, and dad realized that this is a main focus now. 
And so we happen to find the good Lord put an amazing individual in our life who uh, directed us to this new program. Um, Well, it wasn't new, new to us, I should say. And um, I started in Detroit and had great success with it. And we realized that, you know, for me to really improve and grow, I needed to move to where the program was uh, from. And so that was uh, in Denver, Colorado. And that uh, program called, was called Fast Reading. Um, and now it's called Tatum Reading. And, uh, and it was a, a great thing that really, um, really propelled me. But I look back at the individual who said, you know, GT, you won't be able to come to school here anymore. And uh, just, I, I actually ended up going back to that school and graduating high school from there, a nice. new, administ- new administration and stuff there. But um, I look back at him and, and, you know, at some points in our life, we might not realize, uh, you know, why a roadblock was thrown at us. But if it wasn't for him and it wasn't for that moment, you know, I would not have been blessed to be able to go on and achieve, mm-hmm. to be able to learn and read, read and write. And so, you know, sometimes those roadblocks and those things that get in our way, um, you know, just being able to find the positivity in it is so important. You're so positive and so full of hope. And I know that one of your goals is to pass that hope on and that positivity on to others. Yeah. Yeah. And so my book, No Bad Days, is all about stories. And it tells so many fun, also challenging and, and overcoming adversity stories of people. And, you know, it has my story within it but it carries some remarkable um, individuals and how they have overcome adversity in life. One other cool thing about you is not, not only have you overcome all of these learning aspect of things, but physically you've done some pretty amazing things. (laughs) Well, I, I love, I love the physical stuff too. (laughs) It's become a a passion for sure. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about what you've done. Like you've climbed mountains. I do have a passion and love for the outdoors. And I think it's really highlighted in the book um, and how important it is for us to find our passions in life, whatever those are. And for me, it's been um, climbing. Uh, I had an individual in my life named Lottie Sloff and Lottie comes from the Czech Republic and uh, is here in the States and has become a, a great friend of mine. Um, and a a ski coach of mine. And he has just taken me to do so many cool and new things. And his biggest thing is always to keep learning. And so from ice climbing to skiing, to climbing mountains and uh, kayaking, um, hunting, all sorts of different things that he's introduced me to. But one thing he did is he said, GT, when you graduate college, where, what is something that you would want to check off your bucket list? And I said, Lottie, you and I love climbing. I'd love to climb one of the tallest peaks uh, in the world. And, and he said, you know what, let's do it. And so we picked Kilimanjaro, Mount Kilimanjaro, and we were blessed to be able to go over there. And with my medical stuff, I didn't sort of uh, address this part, but on a day-to-day basis, I have to do a bowel management program because I have no motility from the top of my esophagus all the way down. So I have a, I used to have to 
um, catheterize myself uh, and uh, through the anus and do a bowel management program. Um, but now I have a port in my belly button and it's called the Malone procedure. And it is life-changing for me. It's taken my wow. medical treatments from an hour and, a, and you know 15 minutes now to 30 to 40 minutes. And I can do it all by myself and, uh, and it's really cool. And so with that, we had to do, I have to do this on a day-to-day basis. So um, we had to figure out a way that I could do it on Kilimanjaro. And uh, as, as uh, individuals sort of said in my early life is, you know, he'll never be able to be away from a bathroom. And it's true. I always am aware of where those are because I need, need them, but this would be an adventure that I wouldn't have that. And so we really uh, did a, a lot of research and figuring out how we could do this. And with the team we put together, we, we were able to accomplish it. And, uh, and it was really a remarkable experience that um, basically we, we uh, went to, went to Tanzania and we had trained for quite some time here in the States, but getting to Tanzania, we met up with our team and we could not have done it without them. They are just remarkable people, the porters and our guides. And, uh, and we set a goal. We said our goal was to do Kilimanjaro summit on the fourth day. And uh, for most individuals, it, or for most people, it, it's six to seven days long. And, um, and that's for acclimatizing and things like that. But we knew, first off, we love setting goals. But second off, we knew if we were to do it within four days, it'd be much, the quicker we can get up and off the mountain for my medical stuff was the best. Uh, and so we did it and we uh, made our way up, got up there and we uh, had three nights of sleeping on the mountain. The third night was at 16,000 feet where I did my uh, what I think was the highest uh, enema performance. <laughs> <laughs> and so Guinness World Records, uh, we're, we've worked on that, but uh, unfortunately, not monetizable. They can't <laughs> put it together. But, uh, but it was an amazing experience and, and such a spiritual moment of reaching that summit. And there was difficulties along the way um, with everything, uh, but it was, it was super, super um, just spectacular to be able to do that, something that I never thought I'd be able to do. I just love your outlook. And you mentioned there like a spiritual experience. And earlier you mentioned the good Lord. Tell us a little bit about your faith and the role that faith plays in your life. Yeah. Well, so faith um, has been a huge aspect in my life, uh, you know, early on. But, uh, you know, as I've gotten older, um, just growing in my faith and really, uh, you know, what I always say is, is uh, you know, my relationship with the Lord um, has has been through some challenging times. You know, we all go through challenging times and we, we look to the look to our faith then probably more than ever. But it's all about being able to carry that faith on and, and in the good days too to have that strong relationship. And so I've always been able, I've always wanted to find, you know, my passions in life to be able to, you know, revolve around my relationship with the Lord. And so the, what I always say is when I'm in nature, that's God's country and it's my time to connect. And, uh, and, you know, 
nature can be just in my backyard and meditating, enjoying the outside and, and, uh, you know, reading the Bible and those things. And so, um, faith has played a huge role in my life and, uh, and, and my family's as well, but, uh, but you know, it's, it's important for all of us. And the book really highlights a lot of individuals and how faith has played a role in their life and, uh, and how it's got gotten them through things. And, uh, and it's so true. And as much as you're full of positivity and as much as you're full of hope, one thing that you do say is that we need to learn to fall as well. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, um, I'm going to go back to my, my buddy, Lottie, <laughs> Lottie <laughs> taught me a great lesson. Um, and actually it is, uh, it's learning to fall. We first time I'd been skiing for years, but the first time we met Lottie and, and I was starting some coaching with him or he was coaching me, uh, we headed up the chairlift and he said, GT, today we're going to learn to fall. And in my head as a, you know, a youngster, I was like, um, I already know how to ski. I don't need to learn how to fall. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we get up to the top of the mountain and we get up to the edge and and Lottie goes, okay, follow after me. We're going to fall to the left. We're going to fall to the right. We're going to do all these different things. And and I was doing these right behind him. Well, what I realized is that, you know, doing this and within falling, um, I was learning how to first off, get back up. And also I was learning how to prevent falling too, uh, because, you know, you could realize, you know, the different things that happen and, um, in skiing, that's important when you're in the race course or whatever, uh, aspect of skiing that you're doing, uh, being able to, you know, prevent a fall or fall properly to get back up quick is, is important. But in life, the life lesson that it taught me was not just the skiing aspect, but it was the fact that we're all going to fall and whether that's falling in our um, relationship with the Lord and whether that's falling within relationship in general with individuals um, or just, you know, within sin or other things, we're going to fall, but we need to learn how to get back up and being able to do that is crucial and finding the people to help you. Another aspect that I think is so important is that all of us have what I would call a tribe, a group Ah. of people, uh, whether that's, you know, first off, starting with your relationship with God and then family, I always sort of go to, and then friends and making sure that you have those connections and, and in that relationship with them to be able to help get you through those hard times but also be there for you with the good times. And, uh, and that's, you know, I think has been one of my greatest gifts that I've been given is to have a great support system and tribe. I find that really interesting. My next question I was going to ask, like I was picking up throughout the whole interview, you keep saying, we, 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 uh, talking about <laughs> climbing the mountain. You're not saying like I did this. It was we, 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 and even your story, uh, your book, like it's uh-huh. the story of other people too. Yeah. You're very focused on bringing others around you and uh, recognizing their, uh, I don't know, their help with your journey. I really love that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's so important to have those people around you. And as my, you know, 
you making sure that the right people too, um, because you can't share your story with everyone. I mean, you can, but being able to have someone you trust and someone that's going to, you know, uplift you and carry you on and, and get you through those hard times is so important. Like my grandma always said, she said, uh, you know, JT, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. And mm-hmm. I think that that's so, tr- so positive and, and strong in the meaning of what friendship is. Like, if you don't see yourself wanting to act or be like an individual, then that's not the right person to be within your tribe. And picking out those people and, uh, and being, it's, it's hard. It's hard to say no to, you know, or, or to push yourself away from someone who uh, has been a friend, but unfortunately is not maybe going down the same path as you and what you want to do. And, but, um, but it is crucial to have a good tribe and a good group of people around you. Love it. Now for people that may be listening to this, that don't have that same kind of hope as you and are listening going, come on, how does this, Uh how does this young man do this? What would you say to them? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think one of the biggest things is, is we sort of talked about three topics, right? We talked about falling. We talked about stories, how we all have a story and, and then those people, those, the tribe. And, I think, you know, one of the things that I learned early on in the education space, as well as the medical, um, I wasn't as open with the medical, but the education was sharing my story. And, you know, for an individual who, you know, um, can share their story to someone that they trust, it allows that other person to open up and, and share their story which in return, you're both able to understand what's going on in your life and their life. And it creates a stronger connection, but it also creates uh, the ability of, of this trust factor and having um, a relationship with them. And then, you know, like we've said throughout this uh, time here is we are going to fall. And the best thing to do is to try your best and, and, and have those, you know, knowing that you're going to fall means that you're going to fall, but remember that you can, you can get back up. You can persevere and move on. And that tribe is very important to help you do that, but you're also in control of it. And so you have to, you know, put work in too, and, uh, and in whatever that aspect is. So we should have uh, done a five-part episode with you, so we talked to you for an hour straight. Uh, <laughs> tell us, JT, how do we find no bad days, finding joy in any circumstance, and how can we find you online and uh, stay up to date with what you're doing and follow along with your journey and be inspired? Yeah, so um, so no bad days can be found anywhere books are sold, um, and then uh, you know for social media and stuff, JT Jester speaks on all social media platforms and that's my podcast as well as uh, youtube channel and then um my social media and stuff so and then jtjester.com is uh what can connect you to all that stuff as well so nice thank you so much for making time for us we appreciate it well thank you colleen and mike for having me 
and uh, and for this opportunity to be with you guys. And thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.